Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 347th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the Boston Celtics suddenly turning their season around by thrashing the Golden State Warriors last Tuesday night, and since then, winning two more games out west, beating both the... Sacramento Kings, and the LA Lakers. As said on my show last week, that we would know all we needed to know about the Celtics based on the Golden State game the following evening. And uh, the Celtics showed what they're capable of finally after a, at best, uneven year and uh, a horrific start after the all-star break and last week I talked about how either they were going to show up and play well or potentially uh, not show up against the dynastic Golden State Warriors in Oakland I might add and uh, needless to say the good Celtics team showed up apparently they had a great plane ride out to California from here in Boston, and uh, and that's being called here in Boston the Magic Plane Ride, and uh, seems like they got things sorted out, whatever their issues were, and uh, they just really took it to the Warriors like no one has in the Steve Kerr era. It was their Warriors' lost biggest loss in the Steve Kerr era. And Celtics won by like 30. It was just uh, uh, what everybody up here in Boston has been waiting for all year long. And it finally came to fruition. And the team chemistry, which seemed to be the problem, seems to have suddenly got solved on that plane ride. And it's one of those situations, we've seen it before, where sometimes just getting out of town on a road trip, especially if it's cross country, getting away from all the noise can do wonders for a team. And, uh, this team had sunk so low that, uh, they needed something. And apparently this was the, something that they needed was to take a long plane ride and get to know each other, uh, out West. So 
Sticking with the NBA, my low light of the week is the utter dissolution of the L.A. Lakers. This was punctuated again by the Celtics on national TV Saturday night when the Celtics went into the, the forum and won on national TV. And it's just amazing to see what's happening to a LeBron James team. Let's not forget he's been in the finals eight years in a row. And it's now near certain they are missing the playoffs this year. And it almost feels like uh, LeBron's long-term legacy is kind of on the line here. There's injury issues, chemistry issues, such as Rondo not sitting with the team on the bench last week. Looks like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball are both officially out for the year. And big topic is LeBron's minutes may now be limited. And the whole thing adds up to the Lakers and LeBron seemingly backed into a corner as they uh, just bring this year to a merciful conclusion as best they can. And they simply have to sign a big name free agent. Uh turn this thing around and it's going to be fascinating to watch obviously Anthony Davis from the Pelicans who has basically shut it down down there in New Orleans uh, is the prize we all lived through the courtship uh, just a a few weeks back Uh, no trade was consummated but clearly it it appears that uh, Anthony Davis would end up in L.A., but there's no guarantees. A lot of good free agents out on the market this year, and uh, we'll see how it pans out. But, again, shocking to see what has happened to the Lakers uh, in the past number of weeks. Uh, no one no one could have predicted this. And speaking of free agency, uh, my bizarre story of the week is the Antonio Brown story. Uh really the beginning of the free agent frenzy that is basically now upon us in the NFL, one of the more interesting weeks of the year, certainly in the offseason, if not uh, the entire calendar year. And uh, basically, Antonio Brown behaved badly, and he got what he wanted. And... It's not something we see much of in the NFL, but it has happened. And a lot of people were shocked. The Steelers only got a third and a fifth round pick for Antonio Brown. Uh, Arguably the best receiver in the league for the last six years. Uh, He's done things the past six years that nobody's ever done, such as 1,200 yards receiving each year. Super impact player, big plays all around. Uh, It's a little hard to believe that he's no longer going to be a Steeler and will now be a member of the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Of course, a lot of people are also talking about how uh, the Raiders got a first-round pick from the Cowboys for Amari Cooper, and yet the Steelers 
could only get a third and a fifth. And it just seems like uh, both sides wanted to part ways. Uh, Antonio Brown <laughs> clearly uh, made it impressively clear that he did not want to return to the Steelers. That was a given. And it just seems like the Steelers just took what they could get, uh, even though they had a week to go. They could have gone to the end of this week before they would have had to uh, pay any money to Antonio Brown, that type of thing. So uh, they were done, and they just wanted to move on, it appears. So now the next person to move on will, of course, be Le'Veon Bell. And uh, <clears throat> there's rumors that he may end up in Oakland. And wouldn't that be ironic if... Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown both end up with the Raiders. Also, a lot of talk that the Lakers, excuse me, the Patriots star pass rusher, Trey Flowers, uh, that Oakland's eyeing him up. Uh, tremendous player. I, I watched him up close and personal last couple of years and just a tremendous pass rusher and basically the best player on the Patriots defense. And... Uh, so, that'll bear watching. And speaking of the Patriots, former Patriots, um, Danny Amendola, who was cut by the Dolphins, was signed, uh, basically announced this morning by the Detroit Lions. Uh, head coach, former Patriot defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia. And a little disappointment up here in New England. Uh, Amendola made some big plays during his time here. And there was high hopes here in New England, that he would uh, he would come back to the team, but not happening, but he's still uh, uh, sticking with the Patriot, former Patriot coach, uh, extending the Patriot way, shall we say. And uh, so that should be uh, good for the Lions. Uh, they had lost, of course, Golden Tate. And big difference going from Miami to... Detroit, and uh, it's going to be an interesting week, uh, to say the least. Free agency is just, uh, it's a frenzy. There's no doubt about it, and it's basically now underway, and again, got started off uh, with a bang with the Antonio Brown deal. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, so don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, good morning, John. So glad to be on your show. Good to have you, as always, and uh, we're really getting into March Madness now as uh, Conference Championship Week is upon us, uh, already started in uh, some of the conferences, and uh, looks like you're going to be covering the SEC coming up this week, right? Yeah, John, they play that game, those games up in Nashville. They signed a long-term contract that's going to be there for many years except I think it's going to be in Tampa 2022. But for the most part, they want to keep that uh, tournament in Nashville. Uh, you know, it's close to Kentucky. It's close to Tennessee, obviously, the other schools. It's it's fairly centrally located, so it's a good spot. That's at the Bridgestone Arena, and you can take in all the festivities downtown as well. So I think it's probably a smart move to have it in Nashville where people can walk around but outside the arena and have some fun and be entertained as well. Oh, it's a great area. I mean, it's Nashville. And uh, I have been downtown. I've seen the Bridgestone Arena. It's just right there. Anyone who has ever watched uh, the Predators hockey games, especially in uh, the playoffs and whatnot has seen the crowds gathered outside and whatnot. And, uh, y- you know, it's uh, a massive downtown block party to say the least. And, uh, wow. You throw in everybody coming from the various universities in the SEC up to Nashville. It should be a great weekend AP. It sounds awesome. 
Yes, a lot of fun. I've been there uh, recently to that tournament, and I always have a good time, and it's well run, and you see some good basketball. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, of course, Vanderbilt, an SEC team, is based in Nashville, of course, so I'm assuming they're the host team, so to speak. Right, right, right. They had a, they had an awful season, John. I think they ended up winless in the conference, so that was unheard of. Uh, I don't think they won a game, and, uh, you know, it was unfortunate that that happened because Vanderbilt has had some good basketball teams in the past, and they've done yes. pretty well in the NCAA tournament uh, and beyond, so it's too bad that they don't have a good basketball team this year. It is, it is. Um yeah, that would uh, certainly help, you know, uh, jack up the excitement. Not that it's going to need it. But, you know, I, I just want to go back to something. You said it's going to be in Tampa in a few years. Uh, I find that interesting because I don't believe there's an SEC team based in Tampa. But I guess the Gators, University of Florida, right up the road in Gainesville, would probably serve as the host team down there, correct? That's right. Yeah, and I've been what? to the SEC tournament in Tampa by chance. Uh, it was, a, I don't know, five or six years ago probably, but I enjoyed that as well. Oh, wow. Tampa's a great city. That's interesting. I hadn't, uh, you, you know, I, I didn't remember that it was in Tampa a while back, but no, it's it's a great city for hosting those events. Uh, Amelie Arena is awesome where the Lightning play, and uh, it's Tampa in March. What, there's no better place uh, to be in Florida than Florida in March, especially when you factor in, uh, you know, the PGA golf swing. You know, the Arnold Palmer just ended. The players is coming up this week. And then the Valspar in Tampa in two weeks. And, uh, yes, and, not, and throw in some spring training baseball and, of course, perfect weather in March, best weather month of the year in Florida. And, uh yeah, it's just the perfect time to be there. So, smart move, to say the least. And Tampa can handle the crowds, no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. And the reason they'll have it in uh, Nashville, I mean, it's so close to Kentucky. I mean, they're the best traveling fans in college basketball that I've been around. Uh, other people may different on that opinion, but there's always that Kentucky blue, and they buy up all the tickets, and they support their team. Correct. Well, yeah, Lexington is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, two, two and a half hours away from Nashville. Uh, so easy drive, to say the least. Easy day trip, for that matter. It's not like you even have to have a hotel room. Not that uh, a lot of the Kentucky fans won't have hotel rooms and stay in Nashville for the Entire weekend. So what do you see for this weekend? Uh, obviously, you've been following Alabama closely. And uh, how do, how's it all shaken out for them as far as seeding and whatnot? Yeah, John, they, they lost six of the last eight games. They lost at Arkansas over the weekend up in Fayetteville. They were dominated for uh, most of the game. They had a, a lead early. but uh, So they're the, they're the 10th seed. They're going to play Ole Miss on Thursday night, the first game. And they're in the same bracket. The winner of that game, Alabama Ole Miss, plays Kentucky the next day. So that's not too favorable for Alabama. Uh, I don't see it. And they're in the same bracket also as Tennessee, and they'll have a lot of folks there as well. 
Um, you know, Alabama, they struggled all year with inconsistency. They, they didn't p- play with enthusiasm all the time, which is very disappointing when you're coaching uh, that level of basketball, college, uh, young men, and their, the effort was not there from game to game. So uh, they have 14 losses, 17 and 14 right now. So they have another loss in the, this term would be 15. If you, they get to play in another tournament, they get 16. I don't even know if they can qualify for the NIT. I'm really not sure if they're going to even get a berth in that tournament if they don't uh, win at least two games in the SEC tournament. As I said, the second game, if they were happen to beat Ole Misses against Kentucky, it's going to be very difficult. Right. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, AP. Would they basically have to win the tournament to get in the NCAA? Is that accurate? I think it'd be a couple games they would have to win. I think they, okay. if they can win a couple games. And, and of course, it, it, it would have on their resume they beat Kentucky twice. Right. Which is unusual right. because they beat Kentucky and Tuscaloosa in a close, close victory. They held on at the end. And uh, so that would be something if they were able to win two games would be kind of miraculous to a certain degree because they have not been playing well. They don't make free throws. They make a lot of mistakes at the end of the game. There's uh, not really a, a leader. They have a freshman point guard. He's one of the young, probably top 10 youngest players in America. And he's the point guard. He's leading the team in, in points, uh, 14 points per game and assists, 2.9, which is not a big number. So he needs a lot of support from the wing players and their they're not uh, consistent throughout the season shooting the basketball. And, you know, one game they might hit five three-pointers, and the next game they don't have any points or a couple points. So it's hard to win basketball games, John, if you don't have, in this day and age, three scores, I believe. Wow. Uh, sure to be interesting. So, AP, who do you see as uh, uh, the biggest threat to Kentucky winning the SEC? Well, I think Tennessee on that side of the bracket, and you're playing right. in the state of Tennessee, so they'll have their fans at the ball game. Then you have LSU on the other side in a turmoil with the coaching situation. The Will Wade was suspended indefinitely because of the FBI investigation and the alleged uh, wiretaps and or tapings that they had of him trying to uh, get players to come to LSU for more than just room, scholarship, and board, right? Uh so uh, that'll be interesting. Auburn's on that other side. They had a big win against Tennessee at Auburn the other day. They scored 84 points. It was a four-point victory, 84 to 80. And Bruce Pearl's team, they always play hard. They, they like to turn people over, play fast, and shoot those three-pointers. So maybe they get on a run on the other side. And if LSU's not the right frame of mind, maybe they could do some damage on that side. Well, those are some quality teams, to say the least. Um, so, yeah, Tennessee, of course, they, they've been number one at various times, including recently and number one in the nation. They thrashed Kentucky at home just a week or two ago after being thrashed in Kentucky a few weeks before that. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, and they're in the same side of the bracket, Tennessee and Kentucky, correct? Tennessee and Kentucky, so that should be uh... – a great matchup if that happens. It'll be exciting for the fans to play that game in Nashville. Where, I mean, Tennessee fans will be out in, in force, and so will Kentucky. And when we know uh, it'll be the blue and orange that'll be covering that arena if, if that is the, uh, the matchup down the road. 
Yeah, so if everything holds to form, they would probably meet on Saturday. I'm guessing the championship game is Sunday. Does that sound about right? That, that, that's right. That's, that, that championship game is on Sunday. It's a noon central time start. And one thing, by the way, I, I believe Auburn does not have to win the game. Uh, I think Auburn should be safely in the tournament, probably eight or nine seed. And I think for Bruce Pearl, that's a good spot for him because if you can get, get just squeak by and edge somebody in that first eight and nine game and you're a three-point shooting team and you get hot, you could upset the number one seed and that brings a lot of notoriety to your program. So I think if I'm, if I'm Bruce Pearl, I'm thinking I don't want to be a lower seed. I want to be right there because I want my team to be motivated to win this first game so they have a chance at the number one seed. Correct. Correct. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Auburn's been kind of nibbling around at the edges to kind of, you know, looking for their shot to break through. And uh, it looks like this could be that opportunity for them. Yeah, you know, they didn't have Austin Wiley, the big man in the middle, six foot ten. So Bruce Pearl, he's going to make the tournament without his one of his better players and a, and, and a big man uh, to, to have some presence in the middle. And so I think that uh, if he comes back for the tournament, that'd be uh, very good for them because you can you can always have a big man. You need those fouls, right, John? Absolutely. You need those extra Indeed. fouls in the middle. And and uh, like I say, Bruce Pearl, he his team, he only had two losses this year, John. There were double digits, and that's pretty good in a 30-plus game schedule. They lost big at Kentucky before they uh, they had played them earlier in the season and lost by two points at Auburn. And then they had a 15-point loss. I believe that was at Ole Miss, and that's usually a difficult place to compete. So I, that's one thing you have to give Bruce Pearl. He always has his teams ready to play. They may not win, but they give extraordinary effort. And with that pressure defense, that hustle and bustle style, uh, you, you'll look lost out there if, you, if you're not giving your best effort. Correct. No doubt about it. Well, speaking of Kentucky and the Blue Bloods, Duke uh, played again without Zion Williamson. I think he's now missed five games in a row. Uh, they lost on Saturday night to North Carolina at the Dean Dome. No surprise there. Uh, but, you know, ACC tournament's getting underway, too, so you have to wonder. It seems like they're saving him for the tournament, but... Um, we're smart move. I, I you, you know, I, yes. I would too. Um, but nonetheless, yes. it, it bears watching, shall we say? Yeah, it does. And the, and the committee will ask the university about the status of a player because they have to make a judgment in their seating. So, wow. as far as I know, they do approach the school to to ask them about the health of a player. <laughs> Quite interesting. I did not know that. Um, so, yeah, well, uh, they'll be asking unless uh, Zion becomes Zion quickly uh, in the ACC tournament or if he's really just, you, you know, it may take a little time to reacclimate. But, you know, they could be playing whatever, three, four games uh, for the tournament. So he, he should easily be rounded into form by then. So we should know by the end of the ACC tournament, I would think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't know at this point if it's real important for Duke to win that tournament. They're probably just trying to get uh, to the NCAA tournament and 
and make some adjustments, whether you're going to have Zion or he's going to be coming back. Correct. Correct. Um, I fully expect Zion to be out there for the first ACC game, period. Uh, Coach K has indicated as much. Uh, it's a smart move. I mean, you know, there's no reason to play him until then. Make sure he is 100% healed, and it, by all accounts, he is. Uh, so it should be fun. Well, AP, we've come to the end of our first break, uh, but NFL free agency is off to its usual frenzy. A lot going on already today. So uh, we'll get into some NFL free agency after this break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports channel voice america presents a new kind of health awareness talk show the sharon kleina hour health environment and the power of water show host sharon kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world every show offers new information that could save your life the sharon kleina hour is health from an environmental perspective your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we discussed college basketball 
last segment, you're off to the SEC tournament in Nashville this week. Uh, but the NFL has entered uh, free agent frenzy this week. Of course, it got off to uh, one of its most notable starts in history with the <laughs> long-running saga of Antonio Brown, who is now an Oakland Raider, no longer a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, AP is pretty simple. Uh, AB uh, a, acted up and got what he wanted. He got out of town. He got the contract he wanted, apparently. And the Steelers got a third and a fifth, which tells me and everyone else that they were just done with him and wanted to move on. And yeah. he obviously <laughs> was done with them. So uh, both sides just basically wanted to move on as quickly as possible because the Steelers could have waited to the end of this week uh, to make a move without, you know, before they owed him any money or whatever. So. You know, a lot of talk. You can relate to this, AP, covering Alabama. You know, a lot of comparisons where Amari Cooper, the Raiders got a, a first-round pick for Amari Cooper when they traded him to the Cowboys, and yet the Steelers only got a third and a fifth. So that's been sort of the hot topic, the comparison that everybody's using. Yeah, it's amazing, John, how they only got the third and the fifth, but they just went really tired of all his antics and uh, I think probably the coaching staff, they were making a big push to have him traded and get him out of town because you can't operate when you have such a, a personality that is so disruptive and you, you can't get everybody on the same page and it's you're losing your team because you're always trying to, uh, you know, come up with some type of plan to massage the situation with one player and then, Everybody thinks it's maybe playing favorites, and so they just said adios and set them on the high road. <laughs> adios, indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, in retrospect, number one, it's a little hard to believe that, you know, the Steelers uh, not only didn't win but never even got to a Super Bowl with the Killer Bees, Ben, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell number one uh like it's over and we're just talking you know the best receiver in the nfl best running back in the nfl both arguably but you could make a strong case for either best at their position and then ben who's won a couple super bowls and you know the fact they didn't get there uh let alone win one uh you know, when the window is now officially closed on that. Um, you know, a little hard to believe, but, you know, AP, I, I can't help but believe that the Antonio Brown transaction is really uh, rooted in the Le'Veon Bell situation of the past couple years where, you know, it's not like the Steelers have just been living with, quote, a disgruntled player or somebody wants a new contract, however you want to say it. You know, since the last game of the year this year, they've been living with it for the better part of two years with Le'Veon Bell. Yes. And I, I just think yes. that that, uh, that just wore them out. And then when the Antonio Brown thing really started, basically the last game of the year, a uh, game they needed to even have a hope for the playoffs, uh, you know, they were already of a mindset of, you know, we're not do doing this again. And... So to bring things full circle, of course, a lot of rumors that uh, 
Le'Veon Bell, who will be gone this week, may uh, that the Raiders are interested in him. <laughs> Wouldn't right, that be right. ironic? <laughs> Le'Veon Bell and Antonio right. Brown it, on the same team. Well, that would be amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, and imagine you have those, all those, that, that trifecta of players, and you can't win substantially. I mean, it's enough to get to the Super Bowl. And everybody knows the Steelers organization, they didn't forget how to win. That is correct. Uh, no, I mean, the Steelers have been the model organization for 50, 5 50 years since they brought in Chuck Noll in 1969. Exactly 50 years, three coaches. Uh, so yeah, at that point cannot be argued. And AP, the fact that, uh, you know, you know <clears throat> Antonio Brown went to the Raiders. When I think back uh, to that fabulous rivalry of the Raiders Steelers in the seventies from Lynn Swan concussions to Chuck Knoll. Remember there was a trial, George Atkinson, uh, yeah. Chuck Knoll, the criminal element <laughs> out in Oakland. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was as good a rivalry as has ever existed in maybe all of sports. I mean, they went to court. That's all you need to know. And uh, yeah, that was as contentious as can be. That's, it doesn't get any more contentious. The meeting in the AFC Championship and the playoffs, the immaculate reception, it just goes on and on. And uh, I can only imagine what those famous Steelers of the 70s must be thinking about now <laughs> as Antonio Brown, as the Steelers and the Raiders actually do business. And uh, and now <laughs> Big business. Le'Veon, yeah. it, it's really, it's again, for we historians of the Steelers franchise, uh, again, there was, there was just nothing like it. And that was real, real genuine uh, dislike, if not hatred between two organizations on a scale Rarely seen in all of sports, so uh, uh, a lot can happen in, shall we say, 50 years, but speaking of the Raiders, they made another, uh, apparently about to, and all all this needs qualified because the new year begins Wednesday, so all these trades and whatnot, Nick Foles, what have you, things aren't really, really official uh, until Wednesday when the new league year begins, but... Things are put in place, as we all know. But Trent Brown, who protects one of the most important jobs in the NFL, protects Tom Brady's blind side. Patriots left tackle, come in for one year, and had just an exceptional He kept Brady clean. And we all know how, how that ends up with another Super Bowl victory. So Trent Brown is apparently signing a four-year, $66 million contract with the Raiders, uh, and that's a wow up here in New England. Uh, Trent Brown, again, had an exceptional year. He kept Brady clean, and there's no more important job in all of football than that. That's for sure. No, that's that's uh, another signing for the Raiders. They're going to spend all of their money, I guess, on the top flight players and try to come up with a winner for the team who will be playing in Oakland again this year and following season, I believe, in Las Vegas. Correct. Well, you know, you could look at it and say, well, Antonio Brown will replace Amari Cooper. And now there's a, uh, now there's 
a big strong rumor that Le'Veon Bell may go to uh, you know may go to the Raiders. So uh, and also Trey Flowers, uh, probably the best player last couple of years on. Patriots defense decided Dante Hightower, especially in big games, Dante Hightower. Uh, but Trey Flowers has been immense, and there's a rumor that he's going to the Raiders, and he would ostensibly be uh, a bit of a replacement, not that there's any replacement for Khalil Mack. So if he ends up there, you, you know, you're starting to see a pattern of John Gruden is simply, uh, you know, creating his own team and replacing some of the, frankly, irreplaceable players. Uh, Cleo Mack is irreplaceable. Uh, and AB is, yeah. uh, you know, more than adequate to replace uh, Amari Cooper. So we shall see. Uh, but again, Trent Brown is going there. And AP, you'll relate to this. Uh, this seems to squarely come back to the Patriots' number one draft pick of last year. From Georgia, Isaiah Wynn. You probably know a little bit about him. Number one pick, meaning the Patriots' first round draft pick. And out all year, last year, did not play a down and uh, with injury. So he he squarely seems to be uh, probably Trent Brown's replacement. So that should be interesting as well and a tremendous amount of pressure on him keep in mind two years ago and for years prior it was nate soldier protected brady's blind side and he went to the new york giants of course so isaiah Wynn, uh i'm sure you're familiar with him from the sec and georgia yeah so that I mean what a responsibility placed on him coming back from an injury to being a young player they must have a lot of faith in him and to let uh, Trent Brown go and, and move on down the line to the Oakland Raiders. So that should be uh, quite the situation for Isaiah Wynn protecting Tom Brady. Uh, his, if he doesn't perform, you're going to hear a lot his name quite often, and if he does, you won't hear his name at all, probably. Exactly right. That's why I clarified <laughs> in the when I first mentioned Trent Brown. I was sure to clarify exactly who he was because, you know, despite – the importance of his position, uh, protecting Tom Brady's blind side. I keep saying it, but there's just, again, it's so important. Uh, you know, not everybody would have known the name of the Patriots left tackle for the past year, um, especially since now no. it appears it was a one year stop. So, um, yeah, Isaiah Wynn, well, he's going to be, uh, you know, let's not forget. I mean, he was he was with the team for the past year, even though he was injured and did not play it down. But I can only think that they must have liked everything about him. Uh, you know, on the, on the assumption uh, that he will be the left tackle. It's you know, it's the Patriots. Nothing is cast in stone in March. That's for sure. So we shall see. But it's certainly uh, uh, the leap everybody's making, including myself. Yeah, and John, you have to ask yourself, can the Oakland Raiders buy themselves the championship because they're spending all these big dollars on individual players where the Patriots normally, they have Tom Brady and then everyone else. I mean, they're winning championships with former rugby players from Penn State at wide receiver. They're Chris Hogan, exactly. Yeah, lacrosse, actually. But uh, Oh, lacrosse, yes. lacrosse. My, my bad. 
that's all right. That's right. That's all right. Um, just wanted to clarify that. But anyway, yeah. Um, yes, they are. And in the past with people like Troy Brown playing in the defensive backfield. Uh, yeah, we all know the history. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's fun stuff, AP. I mean, we're just getting started here. We're, we're only really full-blown into it. I mean, the, the AB watch, Antonio Brown watch, has been on for – uh, forever it seems uh, really a number of months but heating up the past week or so and uh but now this is the week where it really really uh is indeed a frenzy should be fun and uh you know can't wait to watch and see what happens there's a lot of big names out there so uh there'll be a lot of uh revamping going on that's for sure it sure will. It'll be exciting to see what happens with the Oakland Raiders, the big personality, John Gruden, as the coach. And he's yep. signing players like Antonio Brown and, and maybe Bell, the running back. So that should be uh, you know, a lot of chemistry involved there. It might be a little bit explosive. Correct. And again, uh, they've already, you know, imminent that they're signing Trent Brown. So and I saw where, I just saw where Derek Carr, uh, tweeted out a happy face <laughs> as in a happy quarterback. <laughs> but, you know, it all adds up, AP, as we close out this segment. This just puts a tremendous amount of pressure on Derek Carr, who has had a nice career, a huge contract a couple years ago, uh, an off year last year, to put it mildly. So you, you add it all up where we stand today, and... Uh, Boy, it just all really lands on Derek Carr getting back to where he was a couple years ago. Yeah, now, and you suspect that he's going to have a better season. Exactly. Yes, they, the, bought him out, they bought him out last year. Yeah, They bought yeah. him out last year, no doubt about it. Um, so that, that'll be interesting to watch. And we are at the end of our uh, third segment, so why don't we take our final break, and we'll get to some more things on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? 
If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the Players' Championship in Sawgrass in Florida, and this on the heels of Francisco Molinari uh, shooting a tremendous 64 yesterday, punctuating it with a lengthy putt on the 18th hole to win the Arnold Palmer Invitational down at Bay Hill in Orlando, and... uh, and then he had to wait two hours uh, after making the putt uh, before it was official that he won the tournament. So, AP, it's a great time of year with the, the Florida swing in full swing. Uh, we started with the Honda Classic at Palm Beach Gardens, just completed the Arnold Palmer, and now it's the Players' Championship, often referred to as the fifth major at Sawgrass in Pontevedra near Jacksonville. And then uh, next week will be the uh, the Valspar uh, Championship down in Tampa. And uh, so, yeah. So they moved the players from May to here in March. So now we have the full Florida swing the entire month of March. All four stops are in Florida. So... Uh, should be a fun week. We all love watching the uh, famed Island Hole, the 17th, at Sawgrass. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, John, I wonder how that affects their attendance by having that all uh, bunched together in, in the state of Florida. I wonder if that affects their attendance. You know, it's still to be determined, AP. We're halfway through it. Um, the Honda did not. They only had... a. A low number of the top 20, three or five of the top 20, I believe it was, at the Honda. And, of course, a lot more bigger names and a great tournament at the Arnold Palmer because it's Arnold Palmer. And the players show up just because of their relationship with Arnold when he was alive and simply the legacy. There's a reverence. Uh, in and around the Bay Hill class, the Arnold Palmer at Bay yeah, Hill, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Who wanted to turn him down? Exactly. Well deserved. Well deserved. I mean, Rory McIlroy. Uh, yeah. Well, number one, they were all wearing uh, Arnold Palmer type 
clothing and logo and, and Rory McElroy literally tweeted out a picture of himself dressed in uh, the exact outfit that Arnold Palmer wore back in the day, I think maybe even in the 60s, which was a, a bright blue shirt and, and khaki beige uh, dockers or whatever. And uh, it, it looked great, but he... It was it was a cool thing to do. He flat, again tweeted out a uh, a side by side tweet uh, of Arnold back in the day in that exact outfit that Rory wore, 2019 style. So, but again, everybody had the famous umbrella logo somewhere. It seemed on there, uh, you know, on their attire, and it was great. There's nothing like it. Um, I I've been to Bay Hill, not to the actual tournament, but. AP, it's like a museum. You can feel Arnold Palmer when you're inside that clubhouse, to say the least. That's where he lived. Yeah, that'd be a bucket list for anybody who's interested in the game of golf to attend yes. one of those events and, and just feel that magic. No doubt about it. Uh, but to answer your earlier question, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch these next two weeks again. Players is, has, has a lot of cachet. Again, often referred to as the fifth major and the Valspar down in Tampa beginning a week from Thursday had one of the great, I mean, that's the day Tiger Woods competed on a Sunday for the first time in forever, uh, recovering from his injuries, and it was absolutely electric. That was the day, Sunday at last year's Valspar near Tampa at the the legendary Innisbrook course, which I played in December, Copperhead course at Innisbrook Resort. Uh, that was the day when all of America, certainly in the, in the golfing world, knew that Tiger was back because he competed on a Sunday and only lost by a uh, single stroke to Paul Casey. So, good stuff, AP. So it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out, uh, you know, with attendance and whatnot as we get to the end of uh, the end of the month, and they'll have had four tournaments to to see how it looked. But I think it's a good thing. We'll see. Yeah, we shall see. That's something that all the golfing fans in Florida, I'm sure they're they're happy. Oh yeah, it makes it easy. A good month to spend in Florida, I'd say. <laughs> uh, to put it mild, <laughs> say the least. Absolutely. Throw in some spring. Yeah, throw in some spring training, and. Uh, you know, you got a lot going on down there, to say the least. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning lighting it up as the best team in hockey this year. So, Florida, nothing like Florida in March and perfect humidity-free weather. It's it's awesome. Uh, well, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of the show, but I want to thank you again, as always, for calling in with your expertise and perspective. Hey, thank you so much, John. It's always my pleasure. All right, AP, and... Thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. <laughs>